We're on the ground at CES. I'm Amelia, Senior Editor for Consumer Attitudes and Technology, and I'm particularly excited this year to see the digital health innovations that will be coming out. I'm really hoping that we see more wearables that are looking at tracking medical conditions for the average consumer so that they can collaborate with their doctor and integrate into telehealth to make this more accessible to a wide variety of people. I'm Ninka. I'm the Consumer Attitudes and Tech researcher at Stylus. I'm excited to see everything, but I'm mostly focusing on food tech for this year's reporting. And I'm excited to see if we're moving beyond automated cookers and hoping to see solutions for food waste reduction and improving nutrition. You're listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at Stylus.com. Hello and welcome to Future Thinking from Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, and we'll be hearing directly from Amelia and Ninka in a moment to find out if their expectations were met and what they consider to be the most important innovations at this year's CES. For those unfamiliar with it, CES is an annual technology trade show in Las Vegas where some of the world's biggest brands show off their most future-facing products. Stylus reports on the event every year, and this year's reporting is live now on the Stylus website. If you're not already a member and would like to find out how access to Stylus could benefit your business, email innovation at stylus.com or visit stylus.com membership. But now let's hear from Amelia and Ninka. So tell me about this year's CES. What were the big themes you observed? Yeah, CES this year. Obviously, what everyone's talking about with CES is AI and how it was everywhere. It was the overarching theme for the show. And while I think it was true that AI was everywhere, it was not quite the total onslaught that you might have expected. That being said, there was a lot about AI assistance, specifically in mobility. Um, and we saw lots of car brands introduce their own onboard AI assistance, whether that is ChatGPT or something they've developed in-house. I think some of the most interesting things about AI was coming out around this idea of how it can integrate into our routines and even connect to our emotions, which is actually one of our themes from our technology look ahead for 2024. And we saw this in a variety of different ways. One of the most interesting, I thought, with emotion tracking tech was the BeMind Smart Mirror from a French brand called Barracuda. It can actually assess your mood when you gaze into it. Then it can give you tips on thinking about your mind state and how to improve it. So if you're not feeling too good, it can suggest that you do a meditation. Or it can even change the lighting in your room to make something a little bit more calming. And I think this idea of how AI could interact with our environments overall and try to shift how we experience them is really interesting and something that we'll likely see more of over the coming years. Another really interesting example of this came from Bosch. Now, they showed some eye tracking tech for cars. So the idea that your car can tell if you're tired and then make adjustments to how it's driving. Or your car can tell if you're tired and then order you a coffee from its connected coffee device to have at your home ready when you, when you arrive back. So it's not necessarily the most deep emotion that people could be engaging with. But I do think it's interesting to see that brands are starting to experiment with this idea about how AI can impact our environment and our emotions more generally. With this mirror, how does it, how does it, what is it, it's expression tracking, is it? 
Yeah, it's expression tracking. So it's a mix of different sensors and cameras that are within the mirror that are trying to actually map your face and determine what your emotion is. And some of it is also like what you say. The mirror can ask you, like, are you having a good day? And if you say yes, then, you know, everything's happy. And if you say no, then it gives you the tips. And so it is kind of a mix here. The technology is sophisticated, but not perhaps at the level that we would think of if we're watching a sci-fi movie. So what else was there this year that, that really inspired you? The Mercedes-Benz presentation that we saw, they were presenting their new model, the MBOS. And I think we saw this kind of red thread throughout different presentations where it was about building trust in tech. So at the Mercedes-Benz presentation, they banded on their new navigation system, which uses LiDAR to basically track everything that's going on around a car. Um, so you would see people like that are on the sidewalk walking. You would see that in like digital real time. And they were doing that, they explained, so that people would become trusting when it comes time for autonomous driving. And I think we saw a lot of these kind of integrations, especially within the design of products. So there was a lot of like cuteness, which we already spoke about when we were there. A lot of dancing robots, a lot of dancing AI agents like the LG ThinkQ, which make me think is that a way to like humanize these like tech technological products or is it just a way to make us trust that we can live our lives or be assisted by them yeah it's an interesting question i was going to ask actually about this idea of what, what was it a positive vibe were there a sense of technology is what well, technology and technologists are, are coming to meet the the fears and concerns of consumers, is there a sense that there's real change happening there? I think there was a lot on aiding consumers in every aspect of their life. So if that was from like tracking your health in like really intricate ways or assisting in work. So there were a lot of coffee making robots um, taking over these like coffee carts. So I think it was overall quite positive. I don't know, Emilia, if you think the same. Yeah, I agree. I think CS generally tends to have a quite positive vibe on the show floor and the exhibitors who are there are presenting things that are extraordinary, forward-looking and usually very luxury products. You know, as Ninka mentioned, so many of these coffee machines are this amazing future where you'll be able to roast your own green coffee at home and have this ultimate control or just have a coffee machine that knows exactly how you want your coffee brewed and you can change it day to day if you have different parameters. But I think the conversations that we heard from attendees were sometimes a little bit more hesitant on a bus and heard some people talking about how all the stuff that we're doing with AI is really interesting, but then what's the human cost of it? And I think that's the question that's bubbling up underneath so many of the exhibits that or so many of the exhibitors that we were seeing there. And I think with that, too, a lot of the sustainability and energy implications of the products that we're looking at are a question that is not directly addressed in the booths and on the show floor, but is something that once you come away from one of these events that you start thinking of a little bit more critically. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, actually. Were there things that were attacking the bigger problem, the big issues that are facing the world at the moment? Did you see any technology that was addressing that sort of stuff? 
We definitely saw some technology that was addressing these larger questions. I think some really interesting ones, which we discussed in Minka's report on food tech, is like like composting and how we can bring composting to more people. There was an interesting example from the Hungarian brand Composity um, that's bringing composters into offices. So the idea is that if you don't compost at home, you can compost in your office. And then you'll also get like a weekly report about how uh, composting your food waste has impacted your carbon footprint. So we do see small examples like that. But I think overall, it would be great to see more of these larger brands making um, larger pronouncements. Um, We're seeing lots of things to help people manage their own experience of sustainability. We saw some interesting backup batteries for homes as well. But there still is that more can be done from a really massive brand level. We're still talking about all of these cars, all of these electric uh, vehicles, and there's not so much the discussion about the technology that's powering them. It's not that it's not there. It's just that's not what's necessarily capturing the headlines and what people come away thinking about this event like. Now we're going to hear from some of the brands that Amelia and Ninka spoke to on the CES show floor. This is Illustrious. I'm Diana Gilstrom, the CEO and founder. And we've created an app that you take a picture of yourself and it will calculate through advanced logarithms the optimal ergonomic position and then wirelessly control a fully automated smart office chair to morph to your optimal fit. This has been in demand because there's so many people that don't know how to adjust their office chair with the knob and lever system or where the optimal position would be. So we believe we've come up with the complete solution. My name is Craig Yuzil. I'm the co-founder of Nuku. Uh, we developed a new engaging and educational air quality monitor uh, that's designed to help people understand the air quality in their home, but then also provide advice on how they can improve, uh, improve the air quality when there's elevated levels of pollution. So we monitor six metrics. Um, we monitor temperature, fluidity, CO2, uh, particulate matter, uh, nitrogen dioxide, and DOCs. Um, and monitor these over the short term as well as the long term to provide uh, immediate kind of advice, but also insight into potential long-term uh, health impacts of, of lower levels of pollution. Um, we have a, a child-friendly mode where we can snap years onto the top of the device. It turns into a little beer character that can then educate uh, children about air quality as well. So we can include the whole family in the educational process. Hey, this is Jacob with Threshold Pair. So we have a Wi-Fi motion sensing device uh, that uses disruption of Wi-Fi frequency to register motion. Uh, we use this in the use case particularly for uh, the caregiver and aging loved one experience. So it installs into a loved one's home, begins to learn their motion patterns, and if those change at all, those changes are notified to the uh, caregiver, allowing them to, you know, make that call, check in, and make sure things are okay. It all comes together in the app, and is really great for preserving privacy and, uh, you know, promoting connection uh, across generations. Now back to Amelia and Ninka. As we've discussed, CS is renowned for quite high-tech luxury. Uh, definitely out of my price range products. What's the craziest kind of stuff that you saw? I feel like the transparent TVs from this year was the thing that everyone was talking about. And after the first day at the show, Nick and I both said that our partners had texted us and asked, have you you seen these amazing TVs? And that was probably one of the things that was most emblematic of the really like large luxury technology that's coming into the future. And while these TVs 
especially from LG. They say they're going to be produced later this year and will come out. I think what was most interesting about that was less so this idea of this amazing luxury television that everyone really wants. What it says specifically about our larger relationship with technology. And this is kind of true with so many of the large luxury launches at shows like these. There's like an underlying layer that speaks to this much broader consumer desire that all brands really should be looking at. So I think we're really seeing a fatigue with screen time and with screens in general. And we've written about this in our report on consumer attitudes, looking at consumers and screen time, how people just want to break from their phones. They want to break from their computers. And now seeing that in a TV that makes your television less apparent in your home really shows that this is something that impacts so many aspects of our lives and that people who have the money want to pay to hide their television screen and just make it disappear in the background. So I think that while we're seeing all these large luxury things come out of the show, it's, it pays to take that step back and look at what underlies the consumer desire that everyone shares there. That's it for this edition of Future Thinking. I hope you enjoyed it and I'd love to hear your feedback. On X, we're at stylus underscore live and I'm at Christian Ward. And on Instagram, you can find us at we are stylus. See you next time. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available.